When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. All right, big week here in Columbia. We're back. It's another Carolina podcast. I'm your host, Pearson Fowler. You can catch me weekdays on the home of the Game Talks 107.5, the game from 12 to 1. With me, as always, to break down a huge week in Columbia, Wes Mitchell, Chris Clark of Gamecock Central. You know him. You love him. And we're really excited because it's been a little bit of a doldrums here since the end of spring practice for South Carolina. But South Carolina had a huge and unexpected commit. Five-star running back Marshawn Lloyd going to talk about what the implications of that are for South Carolina. And we're recording this on a Friday First day of a huge recruiting weekend uh, for South Carolina, and uh, by the time you listen to uh, this, hopefully these guys will be on campus, and we'll have a full recap for you next week. But guys, let's start with the first, the biggest, the most exciting news, an actual commitment. No more speculation, uh, I guess, up until, of course, the the day that he actually has to sign his letter of intent. But Marshawn Lloyd, five-star running back out of Maryland, becomes the first five-star running back the South Carolina has signed since Marcus Lattimore signed here. The second five-star commit of Will Muschamp's tenure after Zach Pickens. This was huge. And, guys, it didn't seem like anybody really knew this was coming. No. Uh, Memorial Day surprise for South Carolina. Um, definitely caught fans and media by surprise, but just <laughs> making some calls afterwards. I don't think there were a lot of people in the coaching industry that were really uh, anticipating it either, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, the interesting thing was South Carolina felt all along like they were in it. Um, Georgia, South Carolina, Clemson and Penn State were in it. Really, the Maryland was in it. Um, take Clemson out of there, and really at the at the end of the process, it was Georgia, South Carolina, Penn State, Maryland in there a little bit too because they've got a bunch of ties. Um, but Georgia and Carolina were thought of sort of as the top two. I think a lot of people just sort of didn't believe that South Carolina could land him. And honestly, look, you call it like it is, Georgia has done really well recruiting running backs. They're tough to beat on their top targets, and Lloyd was that for them. But um, I think you give a lot of credit to Thomas Brown, I think we're seeing the impact that he's had on this staff, just getting in on some guys. Um, I don't know that South Carolina has any prayer with Lloyd without him simply because he had some connections. He got him on campus initially and then got him back to campus again twice for overnights this year already, and those really helped set the table for South Carolina to, to swoop in there and land him. Um, obviously, the opportunities there in terms of depth chart with South Carolina losing multiple seniors this year and nobody else proven on the roster. Marshawn Lloyd's talented enough to challenge really anybody in a running back room, so it was a huge pickup for them. What is the Georgia effect? Whether it's University of Georgia, the state of Georgia, <laughs> Georgia alumni, something about Georgia and running backs. What is it? They've they've just always done it. It's sort of hard to put your finger on. Um, you know, it hasn't really mattered the coach. Um, they've just they've always had a couple backs. I mean, Thomas Brown was part of that. Thomas Brown, you look back at his um, tenure in Georgia. Now he wasn't a guy like you know Todd Gurley or 
Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. He's not going to be remembered like that, but he's. I think a he's guy like that a, I think he's like on the top fifteen all time rushing list. Yeah, maybe top I mean, ten. Like he had yeah, a really nice career. A very nice career, but you know, even even with him, and he returned kicks too. He's a heck of an athlete out of Tucker, in Georgia, and um, you know, you look back there, and he still had Danny Ware and Craig Lumpkin. And, I mean, th- those three guys caused a lot of problems. It seemed like a different one every week could hurt you. And then you get Chubb and Michelle and then Gurley and Keith Marshall. Um, you know, they've, they've just always had guys and, and a stable of them, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things like su- success begets success. Like, if, if you have running backs and guys see that tradition and it's such a high-profile position, like if you're the Georgia running back, um, just constantly – like like Chris said, you know, every single year it seems like, um, or every few years, it's like they'll have one one or two guys that are like the guys there, and then it just cycles to the next guy. And you know, I think kids want to be the next guy. So, you know, I think Georgia felt really really good about it, and I, I think some of that though, you know, as far as just the perception of it, it was easy to buy the fact. Okay, Georgia feels good. He's another top running back. He's been a top target for them forever. Um, they probably get their way because they usually do, you know, on these situations. So, a uh, big get for South Carolina. Um, like you said, it was Memorial Day afternoon. Um, it was so it was so random. Like I I got so many texts from people just saying, you know, how how random it was, and you know, most of the time, you know, we have uh, like commitment stories already loaded up. Um, even you know, sometimes it's because we know what's coming, but other times it's because all right, we're like okay, this is going to come at some point fairly soon. Let's have something ready. Uh, you know, just to be like completely frank, like we didn't have a commitment story loaded up. It was just sort of, uh, but I mean, I was, uh, I don't know what you were doing. I was in the grocery store when it happened and one of the Georgia rivals guys messaged me and was like, Hey, what, look at this. Uh, you know, had a few like words I can't say on the podcast. Kind of like he was so surprised. And, um, can we not say those words on the podcast? No. And, um, <laughs> we're, we're family friendly here. So then I, uh, at the grocery store? I was like trying to. <laughs> I was getting groceries, so uh, I was up. trying to, like, open it, and I couldn't get it to open on my phone, so I called Chris, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing right now? And, uh, you know, then we, like, had to rush, and we're like, wow, we have something to write about today, um, yeah. which I, I was happy about that aspect, because I was like, okay, this is something people are going to care about, you know, five-star guy. Mm-hmm. Um, were you on the water? When when I called you? Or no, 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 I was getting ready for uh, to have a, a mess of children over at my house. Okay. Um, for like a Memorial Day party, basically. I got you. Running around, getting food ready, all that stuff. So, Good so, times. I mean, so, and I'm glad you you mentioned this, Wes, because I was going to bring it up. If you didn't, yeah, I mean, y'all just y'all just dropped the ball on this. Y'all had no idea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, like y'all y'all are so well connected. Was it just a case of Lloyd Camp kept it so close to the vest? Like it, yeah. it and it's not just y'all. Like everybody, everyone that follows recruiting. For Maryland, for Georgia, for South Carolina, like you're saying, I think everybody was equally surprised, and I feel like there aren't that many surprises in recruiting more so anymore. So how did this happen? Well, I mean, it's like Chris said. I think the um, the coaching staffs were surprised by it too. So <laughs> right. you know, some sometimes you can get the you know you can get us media guys or whatever you want to say every now and then you know, but the coaches too for like all the coaching staffs involved. Like you hear George, you know, I think Georgia was shocked, South Carolina was shocked. I, I kept for the longest time. I had a weird feeling that Maryland, with the connections there, was yeah. going to end up being much stronger than maybe it seemed on the surface. Like I, I thought they were going to be a big factor, um, just because of like um, the coaching staff 
you know, I guess former connections there and stuff like that. But, um, you know, for South Carolina to get him and Thomas Brown, I, I went back and counted it up. Like he hadn't even been on campus for five months yet. And to, to go get a guy like this and, um, you know, I, I did the article, like you mentioned, first five-star since Lattimore, um, really only the second or third five-star, like, in rivals history for South Carolina as far as running backs go, uh, with Demetrius Summers being the other. Um, so you got to go back and, what, 2002 is the, when the rivals ranking started. Demetrius Summers, you know, Kenny Irons was a four-star in 2002. Then in 2003, you had Demetrius Summers as a five-star for South Carolina. So in that entire span, there's like 10 dudes, including Marshawn, that are four-star or higher that signed with South Carolina. So I don't think we necessarily realize, or I didn't realize until I like started looking at the actual numbers, how rare it's been for South Carolina to get that true elite back. Now, obviously, you can go back before Rivals era, you know, George Rogers, Harold Green, uh, Brandon Bennett, guys like that, Deuce Staley, that were elite-type running backs. But as far as since the rankings era sort of has begun, it's been very rare for South Carolina to get these like truly elite national backs. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about him a little bit more specifically because obviously we can say he's five stars. So obviously he's projecting to be uh, a stud for South Carolina. But just you know, from what you guys have gleaned and you know, covering him a little bit and now covering him a little bit more and probably talking to his coaches a little bit more, just about you know the kind of kid he is, his running style. Uh, he's listed at five ten, two hundred. So seems to be you know a, a solid kind of back. But w what do you see? In terms of projections, Chris, I won't make you do like a player comparison, but just what kind of what, how does he project for South Carolina? Yeah, he's a really interesting person and prospect. So, um, just from a on field standpoint, you mentioned the size. So he's five ten, two hundred. He looks, you know, really solidly built. He's got a big, powerful lower body. He's built well, and so when you look at him, you may not think he can move like he can. But this is a guy who he can make guys miss in space, or he can run over you. He's got speed, he's got burst, he's got vision. And so he's really just, you know, talking to talked to somebody the other day who actually played against him in seven on seven this summer, and they just raved about him and said, you know, this guy's a total package. Um, you know, he can catch the ball um, out of the backfield <clears throat> and, you know, was even playing corner and safety in seven on seven saying. So he can move around really well. Um, he's got good footwork, but he's got that powerful base too. Um, as a person, you know, interesting kid. He's from Delaware. He commutes to school in Maryland um, every yeah, day. Yeah, Wes tried to tell me he was from Delaware, too, and I, I don't believe that. I don't, think any, <laughs> yes. I don't think anyone's from Delaware. Yeah, I mean, I don't guess uh, as many people are. Do you know, you know anyone on a from national Delaware? scale? Mm, Marshawn Lloyd. Marshawn Wes, Lloyd, I do, no, yeah. No, no, he's, he's from Maryland. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Know, I don't know anyone else. I've never talked to anyone that knows anyone from Delaware. That may be purely anecdotal. I'm not even sure it exists. Continue. So. <laughs> One of, his, one of his coaches brought up an interesting point saying that, you know, the fact that Marshawn is from Delaware actually sort of helped South Carolina a little bit because, look, look at some of the programs that, that recruited Lloyd. You know, you got like Georgia and Penn State, uh, especially with Georgia, good running back tradition. I mean, Penn State just had Saquon Barkley who actually trained with the same organization that, um, that Marshawn trains with. And so there's familiarity there. And there's a lot of running back tradition. There's more winning tradition. Um, but – being from Delaware, like Marshawn is, he's a guy that feels like there's there's a little bit more talent there that goes just unnoticed, just because you know not a lot of you don't have college coaches just it's flocking up to Delaware, yeah. right? Some people don't even think the state exists, or, or that there's or people just in it. Unsure, right. 
They're just, <laughs> just not 100% sure. So, but, but he's always had sort of that chip on his shoulder, is, is how his coach put it. And so the opportunity to go to South Carolina and sort of be the guy and carve out his own legacy and do something new is, is appealing to a guy like Marshawn. And that's the type of thing that you need. You need guys to, to just jump on the boat to where other people can see it. And they got to be good players too, obviously, but guys with visibility where you, the outside world and, and even, you know, whether it's the fan base or just other prospects can look at it and say, wow, that's an eye-opener. You know, when, when South Carolina started turning its fortunes around on the recruiting trail, you know, early under Spurrier, 2005, 6, 7, they did some good things. But, you know, they were sort of just stuck a little bit. You know, the 2007 class really helped them start building up. But when they really, really got it going was, you know, Stephon Gilmore. And, and then the next year you had Lattimore. And then the next year you had Clowney. And so it took a few guys. Um, and, and I would argue maybe going back to that 07 class, just saying, you know, it's okay to go to South Carolina, try, try to do some new things. And so I think that's what Muschamp faced when he got to South Carolina this time. It was, it was really a big rebuild. Um, there's not a trophy case from the past to look back on. Um, they did have that pocket of success, um, but the program was struggling. You know, new facilities, a, a little bit more of an upward trajectory on the field, and just landing some pieces here and there that are going to be eye-openers and also um, up the talent level on your team. The uh, the diamond in the rough angle and the kind of chip-on-the-shoulder angle I think is really interesting, and I don't want to steal your thunder because I think this may have been in your – uh, write up about Lloyd West, um, and I, to go back to something you mentioned earlier, just when we were talking about you know the Georgia running back thing, and you know it, it's it's kind of funny, but there really does seem to be something there. But you know, not only did being from Delaware seem to maybe help Carolina, like you're mentioning, Chris, but also um, Carolina not being Georgia and not having mm. that running back tradition that is normally so appealing to running backs may have also contributed to Lloyd's desire to come to Carolina because, and again, I'm sorry if I'm poaching this straight from your story, but he mentioned that he wanted to go somewhere where he could really build his own legacy, and that's a lot harder to do at Georgia than it is South Carolina. Yeah, it is, and I, I think, um, you know, from a big-picture standpoint, it, it really, if he wants to build his own legacy, it, it fits for him to be able to come to South Carolina and do that. And then from a uh, just on-the-field, how things currently look with the depth chart, I mean, you look at, the fact that most of South Carolina's, if not, you know, all of South Carolina's contributing running backs for this upcoming season are going to be seniors. So uh, for him to come in, uh, not only is he going to have a chance to create his own legacy, he's going to have a chance to do it, I think, very, very early in his career. Um, you know, you, there's a, a real possibility that Marshawn Lloyd is starting game one, uh, you know, of his first college game at, uh, at South Carolina. And I, I still think, you know, there's a chance that uh, Tank Bigsby could have something to say about that too if South Carolina gets him. But, um, you know, I, I think if, if you just look at the situation, it ended up being that South Carolina had, I think, all the things that, that he was looking for as far as, you know, still being able to play in a major SEC program and stuff like that, but also having those aspects of being able to do something that hadn't been done, um, not just from a personal standpoint, but from a team standpoint as well, um, coming in, being able to play early. And, uh, and, you know, playing for Thomas Brown, that was something that's been mentioned a lot. Um, it's just opportunity. And, and we've seen him starting to sort of uh, sp uh, flip that room, so to speak, already. I, I mean, you could realistically look at a situation where you could add Tavian Feaster for 2019, um, Marshawn Lloyd and Tank Bigsby for 2020. They already have LaVetia Carroll committed for 2021, although that's obviously, you know, like a decade from now, it feels like. But um, you can already just see the pieces coming together as far as what that room could look like and the upgrades to that room. And, uh, you know, Will Shipley's a 2021 back that I, I think South Carolina, uh, he's a national level kid that South Carolina's 
already in in decent shape with so you can at least see the the building blocks of of what that room might look like no other way to cut it. i mean this is really exciting and carolina's got to hold on and hope nothing weird happens in the next you know six seven months obviously yeah. you got to get that loi in but this seemed like a pretty solid commitment i actually saw just today he tweeted out a picture of himself wearing Think, does he wear number two? Yes. Yeah. So he was wearing, you know, in the, in the game pack number two, and you know, seems pretty excited. So uh, great news for Carolina. Just hope nothing changes. And I mean, you're right. Like you were mentioning uh, the 07 class earlier, Chris. You know, that's sort of the building block. You got you got to start somewhere. And, and you know, before you get before you get Zach Pickens and before you get Marshawn Lloyd and you know Luke Doty and Ryan Holinsky and you know all of these guys, you know, it starts with little pieces that aren't necessarily as exciting, but you start to you start to build something and this and I said this last year after last year's recruiting class which was solid you know and not spectacular but good you know it felt like maybe this was starting to be the building block and I guess uh, I guess it was when Carolina got Dak I was like okay you look at where this started for Spurrier it was getting Mr. Football and you know then starting to dominate your state and then you know you're able to go and you're able to pluck some guys from somewhere else and this feels like sort of headed in that same direction so um, obviously great news for Carolina be excited about it just hope that this uh, that this commitment stands until December twenty first or whenever the early signing period is uh, is for this year. Uh, other news from this upcoming class or for the next uh, two classes, I believe actually a lot of guys coming in this weekend. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon, so hopefully you'll get a chance to listen to it sometime over the course of the weekend, so you have an idea of who is in uh, and what to expect uh, news wise this time next week. You guys have the full list. You want to just give us a rundown and then we can go guy by guy and talk about some of the more specific uh areas of interest for carolina this weekend yeah um i can do that and uh, again you know we mentioned tank bigsby a second ago but he uh you know he's expected on campus this weekend for his official visit um jordan birch five-star local kid obviously um expected in uh, you know we hope to confirm that these guys do make it in once they do uh miles murphy the defensive end out of north carolina joshua braun four-star offensive tackle Michael Wyman is a commitment. Isaiah Walker is a commitment. Luke Doty is a commitment. Daquan Stewart already committed as well. Tyshawn Wanamaker already committed as well. Um, then you have a few other targets like Dominic Hill, um, Jasden Turnitine, Juco offensive tackle. Um, did I say Muhammad Kaba? Nope. Okay, and uh, that's the final guy that's committed that is on the list. So you have a nice mix, and I think this is always good and it's strategic, obviously of guys that are already committed that are sold on South Carolina, um, one of them that's committed but maybe not completely sold in Isaiah Walker, um, then just a load of your top, like absolute top targets. But also guys that are already very strong on South Carolina. So you, if you're South Carolina, you're kind of hoping that it rubs off on these other guys and that you know Luke Doty, Daquan Stewart, Mike Wyman, those guys can almost be unofficial hosts for – the guys that are uncommitted and, you know, it, it kind of just works out in your favor as opposed to just having the coaches recruiting them, just having current players recruiting them. You've got sort of some built-in advantages to having them on campus with these other kids that are already committed. Yeah, it's a very elaborate game. I kind of love it. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so, Chris, this is year two of official visits during the summertime, which conventionalism would say, well, there's nothing really going on. Like, what are the benefits of this? And you know, I think maybe the easy answer, and I can't remember, I talked to one of you about this this week on my local show, just, a, you know, a little bit more, not even one-on-one, -on -one, but just a little more time with the coaching staff. Is that, like, the primary benefit of the summer official visits? Yeah, I think so. And, look, different guys are in different boats. I mean, the commitments for them is about hanging out, camaraderie, talking, you know, helping recruit, just hanging out, having a good time. 
um, a guy like Tank Bigsby who's been to campus several times, you know, he's he's not going to go and do a bunch of facilities tours and sit down with academic people. I mean, they, they may do some of the academic stuff, but, I mean, for him it's much more about comfort level, FaceTime with coaches. There will be a guy like Jason Turrentine, the junior college offensive lineman that, met, that Wes mentioned. Um, now, he's going to be a guy who hasn't been to campus, so he's ne- going to need to go and get more of that that total feel and, and they can still go do that during the summer so yeah I mean that it's obviously it's not a football game you, you want to get guys in for a football game if you can to showcase your game day atmosphere because you have a good one um there, there's a little bit more you know activity with students you know when when schools full go in session but um, there's still plenty for these guys to do around Columbia they do a good job of scheduling activities for them of different sorts um, and then you've always got all the different things they need to see. You know, some of these guys maybe haven't seen the new operations building, for instance, so that can be a centerpiece, FaceTime with the coaches. So there's a lot of flexibility that they have even in the summer. And for some guys who may want to make an earlier decision, um, it's a good thing. And it's honestly, it gives you more time as opposed to, say, bringing them in during the football season because then you're from, you know, September until basically December – where you can bring them in on a weekend, but you don't get as much time. So ideally, you, you get a mix of all of those types of things, all those types of visits. So it's what, like 12, 15 guys coming in? I wasn't counting when you were reading the list, but um, ish. Ish. So of those guys, uh, you mentioned some some that are already pretty firm commits for South Carolina. They're going to be acting more as ambassadors than 12. anything else. 12? Yeah. So a couple of those guys are, are pretty firmly committed. They're going to be ambassadors for the rest of the guys. Who do you think... Who are you watching that you think could either change his status, you know, maybe not commit, but someone that Carolina has a chance to make a really big impression on this weekend that, you know, maybe they haven't yet? I mean, I I, I think, and like you're talking about as far as scheduling the summer officials, it's all strategic, and I, I think everybody on this list, uh, for the most part, they they feel like, the timing is right to bring them in now because you're you're kind of trying to close the deal. Like especially Tank Bigsby, who we you know we've talked about May being like the month potentially for him to commit. Um, you know for a couple months now, and obviously here we are the last day of May. I think the timing there makes a lot of sense for them to maybe push over the top. And I and this is just me saying this without having even asked anyone about this. I would imagine a big part of this weekend is going to be showing him how they can get the football to both him and Lloyd and their plans for both of them and how they both fit into the offense and stuff like that and making sure there are no questions about that part of it. Can they watch um, film with the coaches while they're here? Oh, yeah. Do they do that? Oh, yeah. Oh. Definitely. Definitely. So they'll, they'll be showing him how he'll be used. Um, I would just imagine that's going to be a huge part of the weekend for him. Miles Murphy, uh, you know, he he's a guy that I think has been a South Carolina lean for a while now. This could really push him over the top. Um, you know, you look down at a guy like Dominic Kill, I, I think is really South Carolina's had the edge there as well, had a great unofficial visit. They could push over the top with him. Um, you know, Jasden Turrentine, if they push for him this weekend, I, I think they could push over the top. I, I mean, I, I think all these guys are coming in this weekend for a reason. And then the one that's just more of a, a question is, uh, you know, Jordan Birch, how, how, much, how much damage can South Carolina do with Jordan Birch this weekend, like, can they push him into that thought process of going ahead and, and being done? Or is this thing still nowhere close to being done? I, I think it's one of the it's one of the more interesting recruiting 
battles we've followed because there is so little information. And that expands out. A lot of times, you know, maybe people are more quiet about who they're leaning to or who contenders are. But even as far, Chris, I feel like as far as, like, when he may decide, there there's not much out yeah. there about that either. Like, I, I think early on the impression was kind of that maybe he's going to, it's going to go the distance. But then at the same time, if he, he, it's like a situation where it would not surprise me if he just had a, came in, had a great weekend, and then got home and said, I'm done with all this recruiting stuff. I'm, I'm going to shut it down. And that's, that's not me speaking from information. That's just me saying it, it wouldn't surprise me because literally nothing would surprise me when it comes to this. Yeah, I, I've just been expecting that we wouldn't know until actual signing day because there's just been so little on it. But on the other hand, like, I mean, it just is just as we know nothing now, and it mm-hmm. seems like anything could, you know, something could just pop off like that, and, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. And also, there is, it's probably nice to be courted, but on the other hand, it's probably annoying to have people texting you all the time and trying to figure out, oh, and you yeah. might just you know, say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. Just let me let me get this out of the way so people will stop asking me. Because I'm sure some kids do that. Because some kids just aren't as enamored with the process and, like, you know, really take their time, and once they decide, they're like, okay, I don't want to be asked about it anymore, so let's just let's just get this out of the way. This is where I'm going. It's more and more of a trend in general for guys that want to be done before their senior year too, just to just focus on that alone. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's one thing South Carolina has sort of, you know, some schools said, some schools were a little bit hesitant to use the early official visit dates um, a lot because you go ahead and kind of, you lose that, effect, you know, you've already used it up. So if a guy waits it out, you might wish you still had your official. Like but, the impression wanes a little bit as he gets more schools' officials under his belt? Right, but South Carolina has been, you know, even you know last year, and they, most of the guys they brought in, I think it was also the first weekend of June, wasn't it the Jamie Robinson, like, big weekend? Yep. Uh, most of the guys that they wanted, that they brought in for those early summer official visits, they got. Even the ones, you know, Jamie Robinson, he took his official visit to South Carolina all the way back this time last year, and he actually didn't end up making his decision until the second signing day. Yep. And they were still able to land him. So they've gone more towards let, let's be aggressive. If we feel like we have a lead, you know, let's go ahead and, and try to try to lock these guys in. So I, I think that's sort of their, their MO now. That's their plan of action, and they're going to keep it up. And I, I think what we saw last week is more often than not it, it does sort of work to push them over the top, and I, I think we'll see that this weekend. You know, I, I think – I mean, who – all right, let's do it like this. Who would you be least surprised to see commit? Like, who who do you think is the greatest chance that they're on the commitment list after this weekend? Mm-mm. Putting Chris totally least on the surpri- spot. You know, probably Dominic Hill, yeah. like least surprised just because I feel like they've got – a really, really big lead for him. And, and, I mean, he's been on campus twice, I think, for overnights both times already this calendar year. Um, he's sort of had this time frame where he originally he was going to say he was saying he was going to commit in August, then he said maybe at the end of June. Um, now he's not quite as sure, but he still wants to commit early. And so, to me, that, that maybe makes some sense. But it could be it could be a few guys really, but if I had to say I'd probably pick him. Well let me double put you on the spot and then I'm gonna get Wes. Okay. Two and a half. Oh, and over under? Yeah, I would go Is under. Is that a fair still. over under? 
It's fair, I think. You but think you would take the under, though? Yeah, I would take okay. the under. I, I just, I guess I skew a little more conservative towards yeah. those things because sometimes what happens on the visits is, you know, a guy maybe tells you he's coming, but he doesn't announce until mm-hmm. later. So I guess yep. if you're asking, like, who's going to commit, like, this weekend, like, on Sunday yeah. or during the weekend. And what does a commit even mean? It's all about signing day, right? Yeah, it is. But like, I what's mean, there, I, Okay, well, let me ask I, you this because this I, is now a – this is a kind of a pulling back the curtain thing just for my own curiosity, and I'm sure other people have this question as well. How do you two differentiate or classify a soft commit versus a hard commit? I mean, I th- or is I think that just an NCAA football thing? No, I mean, I don't think we use that terminology, but I, I think, you know, Isaiah Walker is a soft commit. He's taking a bunch of other visits. Right. I, I think if a guy's taking a bunch of other visits, it's a soft commit. Okay. But, but I also I feel like recruiting – sort of gets a bad rep because um, people talk about and see the decommitments because it's part of the news cycle. But then, so when when somebody commits, inevitably there's a number of people who be like, well, it doesn't mean anything until he signs, which obviously That's is kind true. Of but the, the lar- there's a much larger percentage of guys who commit yeah. and just sign with the school yeah. they committed to. Like it's not, People act like it's a better chance than not that they decommit when unless, really, unless it's, it's unless it's Florida or Miami, I must yeah, say, yeah, because but, that they, they have a full class of decommitments every year. It seems like I don't know why. That's just how it's gone. But for the most part, the but guys. For the most, that, oh yeah, for sure. The guys, that, yeah. let's talk about South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should go back and just say what percentage. See what percentage of guys that committed to South Carolina ended up signing with them because. Most of the guys that commit That'd be high, eighty percent, end up signing. That's the number that came to my mind. Yeah, I would yeah. think probably eighty or yeah. So it's just so people just focus on the decommits because that's what I mean. That's what the story is. It, exactly. It's, just like, it's, you know, it's like, not a story. Like that, the old TV, if it, if it bleeds, it leads. It's like you know we leave with the bad news or not leave with the bad news, but that's the one that gets most of the attention because it's it's just not exciting if a guy committed six months ago and then he signs like oh yeah we expected that. Yeah, you knew you were so getting. There's, him. So there's no there's no like extra story there. Yeah, where yeah. it is a story if. It's a decommitment, right. so it, it sticks. Excuse me, in people's mind, it's like if you know Luke Doty has committed. It was a huge deal when he committed, and you know, and Luke talk like Luke will give you an interview at any time you want. But there's the suspense is kind of gone there because everybody knows he's going to sign with South Carolina, just for example. So it's like if, but if you know Javion Cohen decommitted from South Carolina, that becomes big news, obviously, mm-hmm. and it becomes talked about. And then it reinforces the idea of, oh, well, you know, commitments don't mean anything. What, you know, commitment means nothing to this kid, blah, blah, you know. So I, I just think for the most part, when you get a commitment from a guy, there's a pretty good chance. There are situations, I mean, and, but most of the time we'll even note that. Like, there's situations where a guy commits and be like, hey, he's committed, but just keep an eye on this one. It, it's still yeah. not over whatsoever. Um, but in general, you know, the, most of them stick, I feel like. I, th- I think the best example of that is when you remember uh, Muschamp's first class when Stephen Gidry committed. Yes. Um, the, yes. G- the the kid out of Mississippi. And, you know, I remember <laughs> talking on the phone with some folks about that, and that was, that was like literally what was said was, you know, this kid committed, but it, it'll be a battle, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. of course, he didn't end up signing. And then he had a crazy – Oh yeah, I can't. We would have to like pull it, like do a dictionary, a uh, like a not a dictionary, an encyclopedia, <laughs> like try to find because it was like he was committed to LSU and then Mississippi State and then LSU. And he finally ended up Mississippi State, I believe, right? 
Um, but it, yeah. it was just back and forth and back and forth, and academics were in play, too. So That sounds like um, a good summertime podcast. We'll call it The War Room, and it'll just be all of y'all's craziest recruiting stories, guys that we could do some of that. Well, I'm sure you couldn't tell sure some stories for days. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, all right, well, Wes, you don't get out of this. Uh, we, you, you did a great job what of talking. Us, you, you did a great job, you know, burgeoning politician over here talking all around the question. Didn't want any part of it. Two and a half over under. How many commits South Carolina have on Monday? Okay, so I was going to ask. Do I mean it's, so? It's got to be this weekend. Or yeah, yeah, just after this weekend. How many guys? Are, how many guys are leaving Columbia or at least leaving campus? You know, for the guys that are in town, publicly like, committed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, put it on Twitter. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. I'd probably say under. All right. As okay. Well. well, then my over under sucks. One and a half. Um. See, it's all all right. Let, let's extend it out to within the next week. Because by this time next weekend, okay. for those of you that uh, are not standing in this room right now, which I hope is most of you, because I don't see you, I'd be very um, concerned if you were here. It is two o'clock on Friday, May thirty first. Would Would you go over at that point? I still or go no? under. Okay, if so it's Chris one, is going if under. it's one and a half, uh-huh. and you get and you say a week from now, then I think I'll go over. Okay, great, cool. So that's how that's how you set an over under, folks. You know, I fixed my first line. Two and a half was too high. One and a half is just right. I got one over, one under. There you go. Who are your two? Um, I don't have to say that. Okay, all right. But I, I would, I would such say, a politician. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Let me answer that question. With I would another say question. Dominic Hill. Um, again, like he said, and maybe Miles Murphy. I I think it's maybe that yeah, makes sense. The next he he or Jasden turn. See, I, I'm more playing the percentages that Hill will commit, and then like one out of Murphy, Turnitine. Or Bigsby will go public, you know. So Bigsby's close. I th- I think so. I-, I think the question there is what um what does this Lloyd commitment like truly mean? Well, that and because Bigsby was gonna be the guy in that class as far as running backs. It was it was he was the guy that was like, okay, you can come in and have a chance to start day one. Now he's not the uh, we're talking about, and I think Wes, you and I talked about this on Tuesday. Yeah, it's it's not like. They're twelve spots difference, or you know, fifteen or whatever in the rivals ranking. It's not like Lloyd's so much better than Bigsby necessarily. I think mm-hmm. they're different, um, but all of a sudden, like you're a little bit, you're a little bit more behind the eight ball. And in some ways, maybe that takes a little bit of pressure off Bigsby. Maybe he feels like he can come in and it's like, okay, if I don't have eleven hundred yards from scrimmage my freshman year, I'm you know, I can share carries with this guy. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there is more appeal to that, knowing that, you know, thinking, hey. You know, instead of me needing to to rush for a thousand yards, Lloyd and I, you know, my fr- our freshman year, we'll combine for sixteen hundred yards. You know, and we'll just be good. And, you know, I think it comes. Uh, it's sort of a matter of you know winning versus personal legacy. And for Lloyd, that seems to be more that worked in Carolina's favor. That he seemed, I don't want to say more concerned, but like he clearly cares about how he's perceived. And I think in some ways, mm. it's a really good thing because that's a guy that you know is going to come in there and he's going to work relentlessly to be the best that he can be. Uh, now for Bigsby, it's like if if he wants the same thing. Does that create tension, or does that create like healthy competition, or maybe he's someone that's like, yeah, let's let's just come in there and be thunder and lightning. Yeah, and I, I think, um, Chris, I think I know where you're about to go with this. The fact that these things do not happen in a vacuum, mm-hmm. and if you if you land a guy, that affects other teams' recruiting. And in this case, <laughs> Georgia, yeah, Georgia yeah. was a massive um, contender, as we talked about for Lloyd. Thought they were getting Lloyd. And that was going to be their, you know, top back in this class. And then they don't. So what happens then as far as their running back recruiting? Tank Bigsby, obviously, is from the state 
of Georgia. I mean, do, do you think they're that that's yeah. who they turn up the heat up? I mean, they could. On? They could. I mean, I've heard some rumblings about that. And at the end of the day, you know, because you may take the, the sort of surface level view and say, well, they're, they're so late on him. And mm-hmm. that's true. But that doesn't always matter, particularly with guys in Georgia. So I'm not saying that Georgia, if they came in and really, really pushed, if they would trump South Carolina, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying it would definitely be something that a lot of people involved in that one on South Carolina's end would be saying, okay, we're sort of concerned about this because, I mean, just being realistic. So, um, you know, Georgia's got some other guys out here, but so, sort of where they are is, you know, they miss out on Lloyd. They, they've been slower on Bigsby for whatever reason. They passed on Jameer Gibbs in state who ended up committing to Georgia Tech. They passed on Kobe Pryor who would have crawled to Athens for an offer. And, you know, same high school as Nick Chubb, Cedartown, works out with Nick all the time. Um, he ends up committing to Clemson. Um, then, you know, a couple of their other targets, or several of them actually, are out of state. So, I mean, Zach Evans from Texas, they're in the mix with him. But there's big competition on that. Kendall Milton from California. There's some Ohio State buzz with him. Um, and then a kid from Texas named Seth McGowan, who's more likely to stay out Midwest too. So, you look and their board has just all of a sudden sort of narrowed a little bit. And so, uh, they're going to have to do something. Um, as far as running back recruiting, because they're they're going to lose DeAndre Swift after this year. Brian Harrion's a senior, and so it it is that is a storyline to watch as as far as what's going to happen with Tank. So for South Carolina, the ideal situation would be to get him committed. That doesn't mean it's completely over, but that that gives you even more, you know, oomph. I can't even think of a word in terms of being able to keep him. You just made me think of this. So we'll finish with one last very difficult question. Oh, because West does not have any questions from. The board because he does not care about any of your thoughts or opinions. Those <laughs> I mean, of you listening, you have a you have a uh, way to post too. Like I'm you, not mad, man. You could have asked. You you and have this a, is your thing. You, you wanted to be executive producer. You remember okay, that? I do. You won that. We need to reopen that competition. By the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. If you if Come you up with something, if you don't post these threads, I'm gonna have to retake my job as <laughs> as EP for this. Are thing. you gonna do the post then? Sure. Can I? I mean, at, I'm gonna tell you as executive producer that you can make the post. Okay, if I can make the post, like, can I sticky it? I don't think I have like the rights on the website. I think I can make a thread like anybody else. But yeah, you can make a thread. I'll stick you. Okay, you. you stick it for me. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well we'll get to that next week because we do want to get into a a routine of actually doing that so that y'all know it's podcast time. Let's ask some questions. We don't have that today, so I'll I'll ask a very hard question on behalf of all of the readers on Gamecock Central and the listeners um, that are listening wherever you get your podcasts. Lloyd, five stars. Bigsby's four stars. If the Lloyd commit costs Carolina Bigsby either because Bigsby doesn't want to come and be the second guy or because Georgia, you know, swoops in, makes him an offer he can't refuse, whatever. Is Lloyd worth the trade, trade off for Bigsby? Like, if you could have one of those two guys, obviously one's rated a little higher than the other, yeah. but we're talking about, we're talking about, like, pennies here in terms of difference. Which one would you rather have? Yeah, as long as you get one, I think it's worth it. I mean, you, you, you'd rather have one than zero. Yeah, but uh, who, who's going to be better? That's what I'm asking. Right? Who's going to be better? Oh, man. I mean that that's tough, you know. I know Lloyd's body of work, like he had, he missed in twenty seventeen. So that was his sophomore year. He missed like ninety percent of the year with injury, and then he had some. He was banged up a little bit. He missed at least some time last year too. So like his body of work is not as great in high school. He's been on the radar a long time since like middle school. Um, and man, I like both guys a lot because they they are different. You know, I, I I guess I'd probably pick Lloyd. 
You know, but okay. it's it's close. Okay. It's very close. But you pick Lud. Thank you for committing. Yeah. I'm sure Wes is going to give us his uh, his little political stuff again. A little runaround. What you want? What you got, Wes? I don't know, man. So, all right, let's agree first of you all. You can pick Tank. I love Tank. I know. His name's freaking Tank. I think he's really, really good. I feel like if you don't pick Tank, you are in danger. Hey, I mean, they're how they're how they're how many spots off in the rankings? Tank. It's like is, it's like, like twenty four and thirty four, twenty four and thirty five. It's not even that high. I don't think. Might not be. Maybe it's twenty four and thirty two, or twenty five and thirty three. Um, Tank is every bit as good of a football player. As Marshawn Lloyd, I think. Pure football player. Yeah. yeah. Every yeah. Oh, yeah. bit yeah, I, I, is good. I'm on that. Maybe better. Maybe better. Ooh. <laughs> um, but, man, Lloyd, so so I was watching Lloyd's, like, you know, you watch his highlights, they're really good. When you watch his camp stuff. Right. And you see how good this dude's feet are for someone that is that put together. From a muscular standpoint, and then you talk about running in the SEC. Lloyd's skill set is, I think, incredible. He's got balance, low center of gravity, so he can ba- he he's powerful. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm just I, giving I'm him a slight edge. Into Lloyd too. Yeah, because I, I mean I give him that slight edge like because of that potential. You know what I mean? Um, well, that's what we're talking about here is potential. And I, and I think yeah. it is a situation like like you look at Chubb and Michelle. Those are two different looking backs, and they do different things. And Georgia fans still argue about who was better. I was just reading a thread about that the I mean, other no day. No question, Nick Chubb was better as a running back, but Michelle got drafted first, so right. And so some people said no, Sony Michelle was better. But that's a bad argument, and it, and then that's it a, depended really on the year. That, that's that's because the NFL is all about need. The NFL is all about fit, and the running back position is a dime a dozen in the NFL. That's no way to assess who's a better running back. Well, I mean, you know, both those guys did some different things, yeah. and so I think I think. Lloyd is a little bit more the Chubb, and Tank's a little bit more the Michelle. If that a, makes so sense. So I think if if I need a guy to grind out the final drive of a game when they know I'm running the football, I think Lloyd's my guy. No, I yeah. think Tank's probably the the most likely to break off a long playmaking run and change a game. I think Tank. You know, you could put him at kickoff returner as well and get the you know, get the football in his hands that way. I don't know if that necessarily is Lloyd's game. Um I mean you can't go wrong with either, but I would I would go Lloyd since I know you're gonna make me decide. <laughs> of course I am, because that's but, my job. But you'd rather I'm, I'm glad I would say I both went Lloyd. This is good. This is you'd good. You'd rather this have them both, Carolina. obviously. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then if you know, if the question is I think a very interesting question is if South Carolina signs both of these backs. And it may be the same answer, but if South Carolina signs both these backs, who is the starting running back? Mm. Game one. Do we know who they opened with in 2020? Um, I'm sure we do. I don't know. That. Game one, 2020. You know, who is South Carolina's yeah. starting running back? And I, That's a I don't one. know. Who knows? Well, They'd love to have that one. problem. Well, yeah, Because so, so you're, you're in business if, if you get those two. If I told you, you know. five years ago that Carolina was talking about Possibly having two, and like legitimately having a discussion about which one of these guys would you rather have. If I told you that five years ago, would you have called me stupid, laughed in my face, or been like, "Yeah, that makes sense"? I would have said, "Wow, they're doing what they." Well, Muschamp wasn't here yet. Yeah, five years it, ago was no. Nah. If you told me that when Muschamp was hired, I would probably believe it, but I'd be like, "Okay, Muschamp's yeah. doing exactly what he sought out to do, and that's yeah. to actually get true SEC caliber." players but I dude I didn't realize until I started looking at those lists 
the running back position. I guess I knew, but I just I hadn't seen it, you know, displayed by numbers. The fact that there's only been ten, you know, quote elite backs, four star or higher, to sign with Carolina in that time period. Well, I think it's nine. I think it's ten, including Lloyd. Um, and Bigsby would also be in there. Yeah, well, yeah, he would be eleventh if that were to happen. Um, and they, you know, they haven't had a four star running back, four star or higher since David Williams in 2013. Let's just hope these guys are better than David Williams. So it, it's one of those things, uh, unnecessary shot there. Oh, it's not an unnecessary shot, but David Williams wasn't as productive as, as um, people would have expected him to be based on the fact that he was a four-star running back. That's true. Didn't even but, finish his career here at Carolina. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it's a position that has traditionally been hard to get guys at at South Carolina, and I think in recent years, because more and more guys used to want to be the guy but recently they've become more and more open to the idea of you know two running backs sharing carries not you know not sort of getting all that tread on their tires so to speak so you're seeing more and more of the top guys go to just the elite programs I feel like because they're saying it's not a bad thing if I don't start day one so I think that's contributed to I mean you look at the backfield that Alabama has you know they are three four deep every year Georgia's three four deep and I, I think the mindset of football players at the specifically the running back position has sort of shifted the last maybe five, six years. Any way you look at it, great position for Carolina to be in. And I mean, you're exactly right. This is things going pretty much exactly as planned. Like pretty much best case scenario. I, I know like on the football field people have been people were a little sad that there wasn't more improvement. There seemed to be a little bit of stagnation in the on the field product. But in terms of what Will Muschamp's doing on the recruiting trail I mean, there's no other way to look at it. Like, he is doing exactly what he came here to do and in a similar timeline. This is really, really good and a huge weekend for, for Carolina, obviously. So we'll keep you posted on that. Check out Gamecock Central uh, for all the updates throughout the course of the weekend and next week until we get together. Um, and also, if you like the podcast and you want us to keep doing it, remember to rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends, sign up for the Gamecock Central newsletter. That's a great way to get all the info. You don't even have to pay for that. You just sign up no. for it, and they send it to you every morning. You just morning. have to wake up. Yeah, That's you, all you have you to do. You just have to wake up, which some mornings is harder than others. A little bit easier when you know you got a, a great uh, newsletter stuck there in your uh, in your mailbox waiting for you I to read it. I think I just uh, developed our tagline, like our motto. All you have to do is wake yeah, up. Yeah, all you have to do is wake up. I mean, you don't even have to. Well, I mean, you need to wake up like in a physical sense because if you, you don't didn't, have to get then up, you would be dead and couldn't read it. But, but I mean, it's sent it's sent out early in the morning. But mm-hmm. if you want to read it later in the day, this is the beauty of email. Yeah. Like it stays in your inbox. Is that how email works? Yes. It's kind, you don't I'm have to read it immediately. It doesn't self destruct. So it's not a Snapchat. Right. Um, but hey, I, I do think it's worth mentioning for this weekend that uh, before we go, because it, it just kind of got me thinking. You were talking about how everything's sort of going to plan recruiting wise. Yeah. Like this weekend, I feel like is just massive as far as being able to continue that momentum. Because if you look at all the guys we just talked about, and you know what, five of them are already committed, six of them are already committed. If you add in. The, the uncommitted guys or even just most of the uncommitted guys um, to what they already have in this class uh, just from this weekend, then the 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 momentum and the upgrades, you're, you know, the talents you're adding, I mean, you're talking about possibly adding a Jordan Birch to a defensive line that added Zach Pickens last year. Um, like, that is pretty close to unprecedented for South Carolina, as great as those defensive lines were when they were really, really good at South Carolina, it was a mix of, like, Jadavian Clowney versus Devin Taylor, you know, two- or three-star guy who was better than we thought. 
But to actually truly add two five stars potentially on the defensive line, that's just not something we've seen at South Carolina. So this weekend it could be one of those that you look back on um, when we're doing the podcast like years from now and say, hey, that weekend was massive for South Carolina's future success. Yeah, this could be the basically the Marcus Lattimore class that we look yes. back on uh, for the Will Muschamp era. We can talk about in the future – Future us can talk about how we did this podcast today, talking about We can even this. go back and listen to it if we wanted we to. We could. Um, and if you guys want to keep up with all the insider stuff on Gamecock Central, which is going to be plenty of that, again, huge weeks. So there's going to be a lot of stories written in the next uh, week or so. GC Pod is the code you can use to get one month free of all the insider goodies on Gamecock Central. I told you this is going to be the last question. We just got breaking news like 20 minutes ago. And this isn't exactly what we do, but officially, via Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, the SEC has lifted the ban on stadium-wide alcohol sales with restrictions, sources say. Effective date is August 1st. There That's you go. this year. Boom. Yep. What do you think? I think, South Carolina will jump. Be, I don't think South Carolina will jump on it immediately, to be honest with you. Yeah, why would they take advantage of another opportunity to make money? That would be stupid. <laughs> Just, I mean, saying. Jump, Just saying. Jump on in. I'm. You know what? I think that I think this would be a great step. I'm all in also on starting a revenue stream of having advertisements on the college jerseys. Yeah, like they do for well, soccer or basketball. Like they do for soccer. Yeah. 100%. And we're talking about just make sure the students don't see any percentage of that profit. Well, that's what I'm saying. We've <laughs> talked about that's the key. Student athletes. compensation Sorry. for players has been a topic we've talked about and possibly adding in, you know, if EA Sports bringing back their game, maybe you give the players a percentage from using their likeness there. Um Obviously, it's going to change the dynamics if you're giving some the players some of that money. Um, and a lot of the money that like these, we we talk about how many how much money these schools bring in, but a lot of times they're turning right back around and spending it as well on stuff like football ops building, um, for yeah. example. But I mean, I'm sarcastic about it, but there is a very small percentage of schools that actually make money on athletics, right? Because you're turning right back around right. and spending it. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw Major League Baseball as discussed putting ads on their jerseys much like or no 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 excuse me the NFL discussed it much like soccer does it and i think that's and the NBA that's, started doing that's it. Yep. coming the yeah the NBA has done it yep college football put a little patch on there mm-hmm. sell it and then every single player would have it and then let's start to use that as a small revenue stream that's additional so it doesn't change any of your other financials it could be an additional revenue stream that could then go to the players is it the most ideal perfect way in the world to do it obviously not but to me it would be a nice step forward Wes is such a maverick he's like really this has been the most political podcast he's ever done <laughs> avoiding answering questions giving great forward-thinking ideas this is well that's not actually what politicians do but you know ideally True. that's what politicians do you talk about ideas and exactly yeah i'm exactly. talking about something that i can't actually okay, do okay, so right, i am right. a politician yeah, this is very political <laughs> Um, okay, that uh, that means we're officially we're getting, getting off in trouble. The, so yeah, we're getting we're getting in we're, trouble. Our, we're officially uh, off the rails. Be deleted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Like I said, rate, review, subscribe. It helps us a lot. If you uh, like what you hear and you want to hear more of it, that's the best way to make sure this thing keeps going. We'll be back next week with a full breakdown of what should be a very eventful and exciting weekend in the recruiting world for South Carolina. We'll talk to you next week.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.